Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. A Reflection on Love, Sacrifice, and the Creative Spirit. This candid New York story explores a chaotic 40-year marriage of renowned boxing painter Yoshio Shinohara and his artist wife Noriko. As rowdy and confrontational young artist in Tokyo, Yoshio seemed destined for fame but met little commercial success after he moved to New York City, seeking international recognition. When a 19-year-old Noriko moved to New York to study art, she fell in love with him. Abandoning her education to become the wife and assistant to an unruly husband, this amazing documentary called Cutie and the Boxer unfolds like one of the great love story, relationship stories that you'll see um, on any, in any film. We're joined today by the director of, this, of the film Cutie and the Boxer, Zachary Heinzerling, uh, director of Cutie and the Boxer. Thank you so much for being here, Zachary. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Oh, tell me, I mean, I guess the obvious question here is how um, you got to know um, this couple and what was it about their story and their relationship that prompted you to want to uh, make it into a documentary? Yeah, I met... Um I met the Shinohars in 2008, and I was introduced to them by my close friend Patrick Burns, who was a photographer and journalist at the time, and um, speaks Japanese, and, um, you know, he thought that they would be an interesting subject for a short film, so in 2008, uh, the two of us together filmed a a sort of day-in-the-life short video um, of the couple. And um, about a year later, showed it to some people and, and got some interest in the project and um, and just started kind of going back. Um, you know, it was a nights and weekends project um, from the beginning. I was working on, uh, you know, other films along the way. And, and this was a project because they lived so close to me, I could just sort of ride my bike over after work or and um, spend time with them in the evening. Um, they have this unique sleeping schedule. They, they go to bed at 3 or 4 in the morning and wake up at, at noon. So I would go after work and kind of uh, hang out from 8 o'clock until midnight um, and just talk. And, and, you know, for me, I moved to New York and right after college and met them soon after. So when I met them, I was 24 years old, and... They just represented this sort of authentic New York artist, um, you know, brush until last breath, art at all cost mentality that I had sort of romanticized, I think, as a, you know, as a young um, sort of lover of, of art and film. And, and um, their space was just this kind of time warp. It, you know, it, it had a magical presence and they had a magical presence. And I just, wanted to be around them and learn from them. And, and they were so welcoming and, and so open with their lives that it was, um, you know, immediately a, a ripe um, story for kind of a, a 
closer examination. So I, um, you know, I've, I've just started going back and, and mm-hmm. I didn't really know what the story was at first. It was at first sort of more about Ushio's art. We did all these interviews with historians and curators and, um, and then, you know, Norco's character really started to, um, change subtly and, and she was, opening up about her artwork and, you know, she was doing these amazing cutie comics. And when I saw the cutie comics, that was kind of the first inclination that this could be a feature film. It really, you know, those comics have a real breath to them and the sort of fairy tale storytelling narrative aspects that I was looking for. And I could kind of, I knew that I could kind of weave that backstory in with their daily life. So that was the kind of first, um, you know, after seeing those, um, the first sort of idea that this could be something longer. And then the second point was when they had this show together and, um, you know, where they're both showing their art and it's the first time Noriko's showing publicly and the first time Ushio has to kind of confront the fact that Noriko is now an artist in her own right and, and observing how he's dealing with that and observing how Noriko is changing as a result, you know, sort of became the focus of the film and gave me a, uh, you know, a real story plot point to kind of then go back and film scenes to lead up to or or get scenes that would, um, you know, sort of coalesce with that that show at the end of the film. So yeah, yeah, and 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 it's absolutely true what your your i mean it the, the her her story her emerging story in the course of of this film really gives this film a a, a bounce to it uh that um it, you know it it just really a remarkable part of, given her relationship to Yushio uh in in that dynamic were you first of all were were they both it's you said at the uh, that they they were both embracing of you. Was there any kind of reticence on the part? I would think uh, uh, Noriko would be a little more reticent, but was that the case, or were they both pretty em- embracing uh, from the start in this? Um, yeah, I mean, you kind of described it fairly accurately. I mean, Ushio loved the camera, yeah. immediately was telling us all about his life, um, you know, all about his past, all about his drinking, all about his art. Um, you know, he's really a show-off. And, and um, you know, he, he sort of, his his life in a way is this performance and his art is kind of yeah. that performance. Um, and so even when it's, if it's with Norco, for it, especially when it's with, you know, uh, people with a camera, he's performing. So, yeah. you know, we kind of, we, we knew we had that, but you're always kind of speaking for the core of a, of an individual, at least, uh, you know, what my, what I love about film is, is, you know, in-depth character studies and, and complicated characters, which I thought both of them were with, with, um, you know, Ushio, he was in a way, um, opening up, but also it was really hard to kind of see past this performance. And, mm. and really the only, I think the only, you know, there's a few moments in the film where you see, you know, you see some jealousy or you see some different side. We know one specifically is in the archival footage when he kind of 
you know, breaks down, and and which is really one of the only moments that he kind of is is not acting in in a way, and um, and so while it was kind of easy to get a lot of material with him, it wasn't necessarily as as deep or as layered um, a character as as you know I had suspected that Naruto's character was, and and. The process of the film was really this process of of um, figuring out ways to reveal more about yeah. Naruto's complicated character, and a lot of that came with time, and and you know her trusting me, and um, her sort of getting past her first um, you know initial answers to the questions of her art, but also thinking about questions of her relationship and what it meant that she was making art about it, and and what it meant that, um, you know, that that while she was so um, resentful and 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 bitter and and you know argumentative with Lucio, you know, where was what was beneath that sort of play? What was beneath the, the bickering? And how much of it was true that she was talking about? Um, you know, with with the incidents in the past, and how much was it more of a an exaggeration um, for the effect of, you know, for kind of a either shock value or or a comedic effect, or yeah. or also the sense that she, you know, has gained an identity from being, you know, sort of victimized by her her husband, and and I think rightfully so. But there's there's a lot that's interesting about that, about how she's found her voice sort of through conflict with someone else, and. And um, so in the same way that she's rebelling against them, she needs them um, in, in another way. So I, I found that really fascinating. Um, and, and, you know, like I said, her character from the beginning um, was much more of an enigma and much sort of, um, in a way, more exciting to kind of to, to unravel and, uh, the layers and, and to really try to, you know, get to know her um, in a deeper way, and and that is such the strength of Cutie in the Boxer. It's it's I, it is an I I've read, you know, people have said it's an unconventional love story. It is a love story, and and even within the time frame that you're with uh, them, you see her, even her countenance, even her look, her her bearing, if you will, changes over the course of this film. Uh, I, I, I by the by the time we get to uh, the show and and we see her <clears throat> continuing emergence as an artist in her own right, I I, I just she and I, I don't know how this is going to sound. She became more attractive, and and I think that's just because she looked more self possessed. She looked more confident as the film goes on, and that's a remarkable part of it. And I don't want to give a whole lot away about the film in terms of how their relationship is and how it evolves. But did you have a sense of it at the very, how quickly in your meeting them and getting to know them a little bit, did you begin to understand and, and see the, the, the dynamics in their relationship that he is at times overbearing, he's rude, he's unruly, and and she's not. <laughs> How quickly did that emerge in in when you got uh, to meet them and and got to know them a little bit? 
Sorry, repeat the last part of that. Uh, how quickly did you feel that that their dyna- their dynamic, the dynamics of their relationship, the fact that he is this kind of unruly and overbearing, and she isn't? How quickly in when you got to meet them did that become apparent to you? I mean, it was immediate. I mean, yeah. um, you know, the, the the day in the life short we had was basically them, you know, arguing over um, paint. And um, it's it's funny, and, and, you know, Noriko would say things like, well, you know, Lucio stole all my ideas for, for his artwork. Mm. And, and um, you know, you know, Lucio has, has ruined my life. And, and she would, but you have this, you know, woman with platinum silver hair and pigtails who's, you know, quintessentially cute, you know, she yeah. defines cute. Yeah. saying these things and and you laugh at first and which is the you know which is sort of the in some ways the tone of the film that I was really pushing for is that so much so much of it feels funny somehow but it's also so sad and um there's just this uh, unique tone of this kind of happy sad feeling that I really wanted to try to capture yeah. where you know, there are these points in the movie where you're charmed, but then you're like, you know, should I be? Or you're, or you're laughing, and then you'll realize that that it's, you know, it's about something that was really painful for someone. Like, you know, for instance, obviously the son, um, yeah, and and that story, and and uh, flipping back between past and present, and things kind of clicking, um, and in a way. You know, it was immediate that I saw this dynamic. Yeah. Um, but in another way, it you know, the, it just prompted the question, you know, well, why are you together? Yeah. And then so, you know, the journey became to sort of figure out, well, what was beyond the bickering? What was beyond the, the, the opposing personalities? Um, and how do, how do two people that seem so different and and um you know that have this conflict you know how does that work um and i don't know that I, you know i don't know the, the film doesn't really answer it directly but kind of approaches an answer and um so you know that was the first draw really was yeah. was that conflict we're speaking with the director of cutie and the boxer zachary heinzingerling um and he uh, will be at the Lemley New Art or um, Landmark, pardon me, New Art Theater tonight for the 7:30 screening, and tomorrow night, this Friday night, uh, August uh, 16th, and tomorrow night for the Saturday screening at the same 7:30 screening and the introduction of the film at I think 9:20 or something, whatever that screening is. He'll be there for a Q&A to talk about the film and. And um, um, so get out and see it. Uh, and, and it's a great theater and it's such great people that run uh, the, the new art. It's a wonderful place to go see a film. Um, you know, and just, just to backtrack on what you were talking about in their relationship, at, at various points in the movie, I was uncom- uneasy with their relationship. And you can see how much that um, – Noriko has lost in her opportunities of in life by her her uh, devotion to uh, Ushio. But at the same time, there are moments in the film where you just say, 
Well, because she loves him. <laughs> she obviously loves him for whatever reason within the dynamics of their relationship. It, it, there are moments, and, and that's what's so beautifully captured in Cutie and the Boxer, is these moments where it's obvious for whatever reason it might be that she, is, she feels very strongly about, not only about him as a husband, but there's a real strong connection to him as an artist. And I think that's what emerges for me as one of the more powerful um, parts of their relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, a fundamental, you know, their core is sort of rested in, in art and, and a pure connection between their personality and kind of who they are and, and what, you know, what the result of that is in a physical, in the, in the physical world. And um, that connection, I think, is what I love so much about Ushio's artwork and what drew me to it. Um, you know, and, and in Norco's, as well as just this, you know, it didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't need to sit there and really analyze it. It, no. it, um, it was just him on the canvas, um, you know. And, and uh, I love that about it. Um, you know, aesthetically, I think people have, you know, whatever judgments of it. Um, but you know, that direct connection—it's—it's—it's it's, it's hard to find that in an artist. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think with Noriko, you know, it's it's similar but in her own kind of twisted way and and her kind of reconstructing the past and in a and in her own way and and through that you kind of get a prism into her makeup of her reality and that's super interesting and they're both kind of exhibitionists and and i like that yeah yeah, very. She's quietly. She's an exhibitionist, and yeah. and let, let let's just. Uh, by the way, I don't know. If we've actually truly covered the kind of artwork that uh, Ushio is known for. He his his um, modality modal, if that's the right way to put it, is to put on boxing gloves with kind of a uh, kind of a painting, uh, some kind of a cloth material. Dip it in paint and punch canvas. That hence the the boxer part. Um, it has a bit of a uh, uh, the American artist. I'm just blanking out on um, they. They sort of compare him to. Um, oh, help me out here, Zachary. Um, Pollock. Yes, Pollock. Thank you. I'm just sorry about that. Pollock. It sort of has a Pollock vibe to it uh, in a sense. Um, and then, her, so his is this kind of punching canvas, and hers is this whimsical. Alter, alter ego to to her her viewpoint in life, and very very different, in not only in texture but in content. It's a very much more of an observational look at life in her through her art, and which is just even even that part of this of this film and in this relationship is just utterly fascinating to me. So, um, well, um. Uh, how are they today? <laughs> can we, can, should we jump ahead, or are things? Uh, how have they uh, been in terms of the notoriety that this film has brought to them and their art? How's, how are things for them today? Um, they're fine. I mean, you know, we opened this weekend, and and um, certainly, you know, it being out in the public um, has the potential to be really great for for them. I think. Our 
already, you know, we showed it at Sundance and had a show, and Usha sold a boxing painting, um, which was great. And, and we're also working on publishing Noriko's Beauty and Bully series as a comic book. Um, so, you know, we're trying to sort of Excellent. put that out there as well. And there's been obviously increased interest because of the film. But, um, you know, I'm hoping that, that there, there's a lot more to come for them. And, um, and that, uh, you know, the, the film will certainly put their artwork, um, you know, out into the, into the public and, and uh, people really, you know, will see them and see their art for what it is. Um, and they're, you know, I mean, they're, they're both very excited about the release of the film. The, the film's also being released in Japan and they're having a show in Japan time with the release that their son will be a part of and, they're very excited about that, so it's good. Oh, that's that sounds great. And so, are, are there any plans on their part to go to Japan, or is it just going to yeah, be Alex? They all, all of them will go to okay. Japan for their release. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I, I honestly, the, uh, there, I see a lot of movies and a lot of documentaries, and this is just such an endearing um, and um, uh, what's the word? It's it's an affirmation of that an artistic spirit and and a loving relationship can co- coexist side by side despite what are what seem to be you know un, unusual uh, personalities that would be together. Uh, this is a, it's really a, a story about their relationship and and it's just it's just a beautiful documentary, well very well put together and. You were also the cinematographer, so um, uh, congratulations on all of it. Uh, the Sundance Award, fantastic. You got the uh, directing award at the 2013 Sundance Film Festival, uh, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, just uh, the accolades uh, are well-deserved, and congratulations on your film. Hey, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for talking with me. Oh, you're welcome. Tonight, the new art, tomorrow night at the new art, um, opportunity to uh, talk with Zachary about Cutie and the Boxer. So so get out and see it. Um, Zachary, uh, I look forward to uh, your future work. I hope you can find some time to stop back by and uh, talk to us here on Film School. Thank you. Great. Thanks a lot. Take care. Take care. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.